Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, United Airlines says it has found loose boats on multiple grounded Boeing Max 9 aircraft. Lebanon says an Israeli airstrike has killed an elite Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon, and German farmers have begun a week-long protest against the government's plan to phase out agricultural subsidies. We start in North America. United Airlines has found loose boats on at least five Boeing 737 Max 9 planes during inspections, following a temporary grounding order from the Federal Aviation Administration. The mid-cabin door plugs on one such aircraft, operated by Alaska Airlines, blew off mid-flight on Friday. The piece has since been recovered in Oregon. No one was seriously injured during that incident, but it has raised safety concerns for Boeing once again. William Denslow reports. According to the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board, the plane involved in Friday's incident had been prevented from long-haul trips over water. That decision was made after pilots flagged pressurization warning lights on three previous flights involving that Boeing 737 Max 9 aircraft. During Friday's Alaska Airlines flight from Portland, Oregon to Ontario, California, an exit door part detached, leaving a gaping hole in the aircraft fuselage. Officials say there were no serious injuries. We are very, very fortunate here that this didn't end up in something more tra-、uh, tragic. No one was seated in 26 A and B. Where the where that door the、um, door plug is. In the wake of the incident, the Federal Aviation Administration announced that certain Boeing 737 Max 9 aircraft operated by U.S. airlines or currently in U.S. territory be temporarily grounded, pending inspections on cabin door exit plugs, door components, and fasteners. We would not expect to see such an event on any aircraft. Uh, no matter what age in service, with a, a good maintenance regime. So I think it is a particular relevance that this was a, a very new aircraft. In a statement, Boeing said that safety is a top priority, but it's another setback for the plane manufacturer and its 737 Max aircraft series. Max jets were grounded for nearly two years following two deadly crashes involving the Max 8 in 2018 and 2019. And just days ago, Boeing asked airlines to inspect their fleets of 737 Max planes, citing concerns over a possible loose bolt in the rudder control system. United Airlines has subsequently confirmed finding loose bolts in need of tightening during its inspections, but some analysts say any reputational damage could be short-lived. If the inspection by the NTSB concludes that this is a one-time aberration, then no, I think any damage, reputational damage to Boeing as well as its stock, will be very short-term. The majority of the planes impacted are operated by U.S. carriers. Analysts say if checks go well, these aircrafts could be back in operation by the end of the week. That was William Denslow on aircraft maker Boeing's new trouble. In the Middle East, Lebanon says an Israeli airstrike has killed an elite Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon.
A security official says the attack on an SUV killed the commander of a secretive Hezbollah force that operates along the border. The militant group has identified the slain fighter as Wissam Tawil without providing details. Associated Press reporter Isabel Debris has more. An Israeli strike targeted an SUV traveling in southern Lebanon, killing Wissam Al-Tawil, a top Hezbollah commander that allegedly was in charge of a secretive force within the Iran-backed militant group. We also have heard that he was responsible for the cross-border kidnapping of two Israeli soldiers back in 2006 during the last Israel-Hezbollah war. Now, of course, he is the most senior commander in Hezbollah to be killed since the beginning of the Israel-Hamas war in October and since those intensified months of cross-border fire between Israel and Hezbollah have been escalating in recent weeks, particularly after what we saw last week in terms of the alleged Israeli killing of the deputy Hamas leader in the southern suburbs of Beirut, which has triggered massive Hezbollah threats of a major retaliation against Israel. Of course, this is the latest in a series of intensified Israeli strikes targeting Iran-linked militants as well as supplies and arms and warehouses around the Middle East, which is raising fears again of another front opening in the region, even as civilian casualties are continuing to surge in the Gaza Strip. That was Isabel Debris with the Associated Press. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived in Tel Aviv from Saudi Arabia during his latest Middle East tour that aims to prevent the Gaza conflict from spreading. For more on what's on the agenda and what we expect from Blinken's fourth visit to the region in three months, here's Trent Murray in Tel Aviv. First and foremost is the situation on the ground within Gaza. We know publicly and privately the Americans have been pushing Israel for answers on when they're going to move away from this high-intensity warfare that we've been seeing for three months to more targeted operations as the casualty count within the Gaza Strip just continues to climb. We're also expecting discussions around what the future looks like. Certainly that was part of many of the discussions Secretary Blinken had with other regional leaders, including Saudi Arabia, Qatar, the UAE, which he's been travelling to in recent days. Uh, The Israelis have put out a a draft plan of how they see Gaza being run after this conflict. It includes them maintaining control of security, but Palestinian factions still maintaining civilian affairs. But that will require a lot of buy-in from many different parties. And we know the Americans uh, will certainly be eager to discuss what those plans are. And then I think probably the most worrisome right now for Secretary Blinken is this threat, this concern that the conflict could expand. Obviously, we are monitoring Lebanon, but we uh, have to not forget we've seen continued attacks in the Red Sea from the Yemen-based Houthis, uh, airstrikes in Syria and Iraq as well. So when you sort of add all of that up, you can understand why there is a real lingering concern here that this conflict very quickly could spiral out of control. That was Chen Murray on U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's trip to the Middle East. Turning to Europe, German farmers have begun a week-long protest blockading the country's major roads in a dispute over the government's plans to phase out agricultural subsidies. They are warning that a cut to tax breaks will cause farms to go out of business. Peter Oliver reports. Germany's farmers have kicked off a week of nationwide protests by bringing the centre of Berlin to a standstill. Convoys of tractors and trucks lined many of the main roads, causing major traffic disruption during rush hour. The farmers are angry over government plans to phase out agricultural subsidies as it attempts to fix a hole in its finances. 
The farmers have to ensure that food is there for the population, but in the end it's made so difficult for them, now with the cuts and the like, that they're basically scraping by at the subsistence level and are basically no longer able to make it economically viable. And at some point, the money runs out. Chancellor Scholz's coalition was dealt a blow last year as its budget plans were thrown into disarray by the country's highest court. The three-party coalition of the Social Democrats, the Greens and the Free Democrats were forced into months-long negotiations to try and find cuts that could plug an $18 billion hole that remains in the country's finances. The latest draft budget for 2024 sees tax breaks for agriculture being scrapped and plans for a diesel subsidy for farmers phased out over several years. A previous protest by farmers saw the government U-turn on plans to get rid of subsidies immediately. Farmers' unions have called on protesters not to target politicians' homes. Other cities across Germany are also being affected by Monday's strike action. Tens of thousands of people gathered in Munich city centre and in Bremen in the northwest of Germany. A VW car factory had to halt production because workers' access to the factory was blocked. That was Peter Oliver reporting from Berlin. Finally, in Africa, Sudan is waiting to see if a recent diplomatic tour by the leader of the Rapid Support Forces will yield results. The Sudanese army has condemned the visits by General Mohamed Hamdan Daglo. Army leader General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan has also rejected negotiations with the RSF. Naba Mohidin in Port Sudan spoke with political and international relations experts about what the trip will mean for the future of Sudan. The RSF leader's shuttle diplomacy that saw him visit several African countries has triggered different reactions in Sudan. Some believe it's a sign of a potential breakthrough and could push peace talks forward. However, Sudan's army leader, General Burhan, has criticized countries which hosted Mohammed Hamdan Deglu. He met he left Sudan through Chad and toured countries including UAE, Uganda, Ethiopia, Ghana and recently Djibouti. Deglu, who is often known as Himeti, also visited Rwanda and South Africa and has met with Sudan's political leaders and said his paramilitary troops are open to an immediate ceasefire. Himeti's visits to neighboring countries is an effort to add legitimacy to his accused forces and it's been preceded by signing a pact with the deposed Prime Minister Abdallah Hamdok and the civilian front. Himeti needs more than diplomacy to face the public anger and rejection. General Burhan said he would not negotiate with the RSF because of crimes he says the group has committed during the conflict. The United States has accused both of the army and the RSF of war crimes. Experts say any negotiations face major challenges. The indicators on the ground show a possible military escalation so a political resolution built on the negotiation is a must now, but it must be based on the outcomes of Jeddah principles that prioritize the withdrawal of the RSF from residential areas. Despite the contradictory stances by the warring factions, people in Sudan want to see peace restored in the country soon. Any failure of upcoming peace talks would only prolong the misery and suffering of millions of people displaced by the conflict. That was Naba Mohidin on what may come next after a diplomatic tour by Sudan's paramilitary RSF leader.
staying on the continent. Parts of the Democratic Republic of the Congo remain inundated after heavy rain and flooding. Water levels on the Congo River have risen significantly. Hundreds of families have fled after flooding in homes, farms, and parts of the capital. Chris Okamringa reports from Kinshasa. Residents of the Pompage neighborhood in Kinshasa try to salvage their valuable possessions amid the devastating floods. The floods have forced many of them to relocate to other areas, but some residents living along the Congo River have nowhere to go. Everyone who had the capability of vacating this area has left, but we have remained here because we are unemployed and cannot afford to leave. We are really suffering here. I have five children. My neighbor is also staying with his wife and children in their flooded home. In December last year, heavy rains caused the water level of the Congo River to rise significantly and flow into residential areas. Many houses and shops are submerged. This is where we used to earn our living. We have wives and children, but no longer have jobs. We ask our president to help us. The floods have damaged lots of property and raised fears of the spread of waterborne diseases. According to Congolese authorities, the water level of the Congo River has reached 5.9 meters, which is close to the historic flood of 1961. The Congo River is the largest in our country, and it receives water from all water sources. Streams in areas like Kisangani, Bandundu and Tanganyika drain into the Congo River Basin. That's why its water level has increased significantly. The government has urged residents to move from the flooded areas but has not yet set up reception centers. And so people are relying on the support of family and friends. Thousands in Kinshasa and the city of Mbandaka in the northwest have been affected by the flooding. Floods are common in the DRC during the rainy season, which runs from September to May. That was Chris Okamringa on the flooding in the DRC. Recapping today's headlines, United Airlines says it has found loose boats on multiple grounded Boeing MAX 9 aircraft. Lebanon says an Israeli airstrike has killed an elite Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon. And German farmers have begun a week-long protest against the government's plan to phase out agricultural subsidies. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.